chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Yor, joined by cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino, and Shotgun Spratling. Shotgun's via Skype. So if you if he sounds different than usual, that's why he also has a cold. So we're working through a lot of issues right now, but we're glad to have the full crew back, even though we're not uh, locationally in the same place. We have a lot to talk about too. Last time we podcasted, it was right before USC was kicking off official visit and unofficial visit Palooza. So we'll give a recap of the last two weeks. Also, two commits have come in since then. So we'll talk about who USC is getting. Also, June fifteenth passed, which meant that. California is quote-unquote reopening, which meant that USC came out with an announcement about Coliseum capacity in the 2021 fall football season, and I guess for all the other sports too, but we're a football podcast. I feel like, just wanted to say, the over-under for recruits' commitments this month was four on my take-it-or-leave-it last time. I believe Shotgun took the over. I don't remember what you took. You both might have taken the over. We both took the over. So 50% of the way there. Yeah, 50% of the way there. Did you include transfer portal commits? That is a good question. I just left it open. So I'm going to go go. ahead and include Transfer Portal as eligible for this because they can take visits. They can take visits. True. Okay. Look at this. Halfway there, Shadi. Eligible. How about that? Shadi, how are you doing? We're we're on the way. Um, Like you said, I got a little bit of a cold. I'm in a vortex of landscaping right now. So there's all kinds of random noises going on around me. So bear with me a little bit. Hopefully that'll die down by the end of this podcast. But um, excited to be uh, talking with you guys. It's uh, you know the the USC recruiting is is getting the wheels turning once again, and uh, a little bit of excitement around USC football right now. It's been kind of a, a downturn since the the spring game ended. So excited to, to see what uh, the Trojans can do this month and going forward. Well, before we jump into that, just a couple of reminders. Be sure to email us your comments or questions to the show at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. And like I always say, look out for a tweet from Mr. Shotgun Spratling. He usually gets your Twitter questions on the show, so look out for that. And of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Chris, I think I'm supposed to ask you about you having a pizza party? Yeah. Uh, Yo, my- where's my invite? No, no pizza party, you didn't even invite us. It was like a last-minute thing. With my girlfriend's new roommate, we went to Trader Joe's. You never feel like you want pizza, but sometimes you just want to make your own creations. That's the kind of mood I was in. So we went to Trader Joe's. We bought some of those pre-made, they're already made, like, crusts. You just have to put sauce and cheese and throw them in the the oven, and mm-hmm. you're, do- you're done. Boom. Boom. Also comes in cauliflower crusts. I know you're probably a big fan because yes. of the whole gluten thing. Yeah, the whole gluten thing, yes. So got a couple of those, and but then I wanted to go fancy, so I got the the dough, the pre-made dough comes in a little bag. Also, he's acting all of this out right now. Yeah, visual bits <laughs> for the sponsor. So got some of that, you know, took my time, felt like an old uh, artisanal pizza maker master, got yeah, the flour, rolled it out, threw it in the air, you know, did oh, all that stuff. Okay. 
Made some, made like four pizzas. Wow. It was great. And All different flavors. Yeah. Tasted? I just recommend oiling the bottom of your pan so it does not stick. <laughs> yeah. That was an issue mm-hmm. that I oversaw. I did not, did not foresee. So <laughs> I would recommend that. But okay. yeah, it's fun. Nice. I just get a couple, get some friends, get some cheese, get some uh, pepperoni, whatever you want, throw it on there, throw it in the oven. It's a good, it's a good time. A little wine. Trader Joe's pizza party. Grab some wine at Trader Joe's. One stop shop. There you go. Motabelle. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the people we just offended right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like I said, guys, I'm going to start with um, the news of the fall. Uh, USC is returning to full capacity both inside and outside for its sporting events, which means we'll finally get to hear fans when we see the Trojans play, which is exciting. All three of us got to see the Trojans play in person in 2020 during the COVID season, and I think I can speak for all of us. It was definitely weird without fans there. Ghost stadiums. not We're we're all leaving ghost stadiums. Ghost stadiums? Ghost stadiums. Oh, yeah. Or like the big fire entrance and running out of the tunnel to nothing. We're all leaving that. We're all leaving that in 2020. Yeah, which is good. Putting it behind. Uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to, to see the fans back out there, see the tailgating getting going again. You know, when you say inside and outside, I was thinking inside the stadium and outside the stadium. You know, the fans will be back out True. and being able to enjoy the full you know, Saturday experience. And it will be Saturdays, you know, because the Pac-12 did not put USC on any Fridays this year. So, you know, it, it should be fun to, to see everyone back out there. I just came from Mississippi. I was covering baseball, and I was down at Mississippi State. They have an amazing ba- baseball atmosphere. They just set the NCAA record for the most fans in an NCAA uh, Super Regional uh, event and you know had over 14,000 there. The place was packed. Their outfield, they have smokers and stuff set up in the, the left field lounge and stuff. So there's food being cooked all, all throughout the game and everything. Great atmosphere. And it just made me go, oh, this is only 14,000. I can't wait until it's 60, 70, 80, 90,000 fans packing some arenas, packing some stadiums. It's going to be really fun to, to get it back out there and see everyone and just be able to have that true college football experience rather than yeah. what we had last year, which we were thankful for that there was a season, mm-hmm. but we're ready to get back to the normal. Two things. Shaka is only excited because that means he gets free food. <laughs> He does his little tailgate tailgate running through coming to the stadium. He goes. He has a, like a secret map. He hits all these spots up. He gets free food. He doesn't even eat the free food we get as media members. He's just like he's too cool stuff. For that. He's like, no, I can't. Well, not hey, not another. Some some press boxes have terrific spreads. Those you, you get excited for. You go to and you're like, wow, I don't need to go anywhere else. USC is not necessarily one of those. They have okay food. Oh, it's you don't not, like the Wolfgang Puck sandwiches? How dare you! I didn't get any Wolfgang Puck sandwiches. I don't know what's going on it's here. It's the Wolfgang with Puck that. like catered thing. That's what it is. No, it's it's they're okay. You know, the, the so we get sandwiches and wraps and stuff, and they're fine. They're they're good sustenance. But I'm looking for what's coming off the grill. I need some barbecue. You know, get he some wants hot some dogs. He wants some sizzle. Yeah, some sizzle. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And my second point was: Do you think that season opener it's going to be more packed than it would have been in a normal year, just because? Everyone can go to a game now. It's going to be like extra, extra jumping, extra packed, like a higher number of fans than a than a, a typical season opener for this for this team. I would think so. I mean, we saw that with Dodgers. Dodgers was sold out, I believe. And granted, Dodgers is different, but um, I definitely think it's now more of an event than it was before. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be just the fact that you haven't been able to go. You're going to want to. Plus, it's a quality opponent playing San Jose State. 
Um, so I think they're going to probably bring a good amount of fans down because they're like, hey, maybe we have a chance to upset USC. So I think some of their fans will be in attendance, and I think you'll get that uh, a bunch of a cumulative effect there of their fans, USC fans, everyone just wanting to go and experience and kind of get back to that normality and feel college football uh, in person again. So I, I think you will feel it feel and see a, a larger crowd, but a lot of times the season opener is a little bit larger crowd than you would have, you know, based on the opponent uh, if it was in the middle of the season. So I think all those things are going to add up and you're going to have a pretty good crowd in the Coliseum for that first one. Sold out? Possibly even. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like a future taker. Leave it. Interesting. I'll just Interesting. say I have friends who are already planning their tailgate meals oh. for the opener. So I think people are excited. So, so just saying. Just send their names to the shotgun. He'll 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 show up. Yeah. <laughs> he'll stumble. He will stumble into there accidentally. He will. He will. Also, can oh, I just say? Me. Sorry. Oh, y'all guys have great food here. Mind if I have a bite? They're gonna be like, oh, Keely's told us about you. Shut it down, folks. No food yeah, for this they're guy. Gonna, they're gonna turn around. They're gonna see a a, a a photo of shotgun. Do not let this man eat. Do at not your feed tail. this do not, man. Do not feed this man. <laughs> yeah. Do not feed this man. Yep. It, that checks out. Yep. Get out of here. Exactly. What? What am I, Gizmo from Gremlins? Yeah. Don't feed this man before. An hour before kickoff. <laughs> Once again, another movie I haven't seen. Someone actually tweeted predicting that I hadn't seen it, and they were correct. So there you go. Well, let's get to the theme of the month, which is official visits and recruiting. USC picked up its latest commit on Tuesday. It was a splash a commitment for the USC staff, because whenever you go into SEC territory and grab a composite five-star, that's pretty Pretty eye-opening a little bit. So they picked up uh, Columbus, Georgia, Hardaway, uh, composite five-star defensive tackle, Michael Williams. It kind of shook the the USC Twitterverse a little bit, Chris. I know you did reactions. Yeah, it was a tsunami of, <laughs> of a tidal wave of reactions on social media. This was a massive, massive commitment. Five-star defensive lineman. I know... A lot of people have been complaining about USC only gets commitments from skilled players or they need linemen. Well, they just got a big lineman out of the South, SEC country. Obviously, you still have to hold on to that commitment throughout this process because you know the SEC schools are not just going to let USC walk in there and take them away that easily. USC has to win games to keep them aboard. But this is a huge one. USC has been recruiting him, has been so relentless in recruiting him. Vic Soto, uh, Armand Hawkins Jr. I mean, he had that tweet back in February, like Vic Soto and Armand Hawkins Jr. are like the best recruiters in the world. It also helps that his half-brother, Michael Trigg, uh, current uh, summer enrollee, is his half-brother. So that is a big boost. But, man, getting a guy like this, it's, it's, it's awesome for the program and just creates a lot of momentum for the class moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you get a five-star, it's big time. But to go into Georgia and get a five-star, now there's a little bit of danger there because, you know, Gerard has talked about this several times. If you get a big-name guy early in a cycle from out of, out of town, out of state, especially in SEC country, that just puts a bigger target on him as the season progresses. So USC is going to have to win to hold on to Michael Williams. But this is huge for their momentum because – you know, you have other guys that are coming in to visit right after him, JT2 and Moloa. You know, you start looking at it, and, you know, they start looking and seeing who else is going to be at my position, who else am I going to be playing beside. These can all be positive things. Michael Williams comes in with Christian Miller. You know, Christian Miller is a guy that's looking like, do I want to go to USC as well? I want to be with my boy Michael Williams. They're good friends. You know, so I think it can only continue to build some momentum, and it all started with Damani Jackson being that first guy, being a five-star guy early in the class for USC. I think 
think that started it. But this is a huge one to for USC to get him. And getting guys in the trenches is what USC has been lacking. It's been the biggest area where they've struggled, particularly on the offensive line. But on the defensive line as well, they've done a good job of developing some three-star guys, some underrated guys that come from the JUCO ranks. But they haven't been able to get those big-name guys outside of Corey Foreman. Drake Jackson was a guy that was a little bit lower-ranked, but they haven't been able to pull those five-star guys in. Now you add Michael Williams. If you can continue to build that, Vic Soto has is got his hand, uh, you know, talking with a lot of recruits right now. Got his hand in a, in a lot of pots, trying to find out, you know, who he wants to bring in. And he's got a lot of big name guys that, that he's recruiting right now that are interested. So USC, it's a huge commitment for them. Um, I, I think that this really kind of sets the tone off of these official visits that they've had the first couple weekends. We've heard a lot of positive reviews from people that, but now I think this is kind of a tone setter to be like, it's not just, Oh, it's the trips are going really well. The trips are going really well and they're paying off in the form of this commitment from Michael Williams. One of the early observations from Vic. So when he first, you know, officially joined the staff was that a lot of his early offers have been out of the region and specifically in the South. He is not afraid to go and offer a kid in the backyard of Alabama or Georgia or Florida out there. He's going for the SEC guys. And, you know, as you mentioned, these are the type of bodies that win ball games now. Guys, the big guys in the trenches. And it's just, it's just to see all that hard work he's put in, you know, just not being afraid to go into that country, SEC country, and offer those guys and then to pull one out. I mean, the optics of that just looks great. I mean, you, kids want to be a part of something, and when you see, you know, USC is building something with with these two five stars they have early in this class. Season hasn't even started. Like I said, they still need to win to hold on to these guys. Uh, but but that's just great, and that's just more momentum. And as you said, Christian Miller, I put my crystal ball, my USC crystal ball pick in for him. He is now USC is now leading for him, um, and his personality just fits uh, SoCal Hollywood. You can go check out his. Uh, he posted a, a vlog-style uh, video on his YouTube channel um, about his official visit. Only has two videos on his channel. Both of them are about USC visits. Huh. So that says something. Uh, he, he, I think he wants to be part of the uh, the USC Cinematic School. Uh, I almost said universe. <laughs> the USC <laughs> Cinematic. Uh, the uh, the SEA. U- the, the yeah. Uh, so... Doing a lot of good work with these linemen out of the South. So now I know the P was a little scared. They're like, "Will it stick? Will it stick? Should we get excited?" The, the battered and bruised USC fans who are kind of scared to get hopeful to love again. again. To yeah, love to again. love again. Yeah. Yes. No, I understand. Um, but I guess what's more important: having a guy like Michael Williams commit this early in this cycle, or is it? St- too early where he might get poached where he's putting a target on his back for other sec schools to be like hey we got to keep you home we got to keep you local what's better in that sense does that make sense yeah i think if you're usc i know what you're saying but i think of a guy this caliber you can't you can't really like hold off on it you just got to take it now you got to take it now because like i said the optics are great the momentum is great yeah and i think it also says like hey we're betting on us to to get this done we're betting on us on ourselves to finish out this marathon of a recruitment that is going to be uh, Michael Williams and all these other top guys. Uh, they're betting on themselves to have a good season. Vic Soto is betting on himself to have a good season with his unit in the defensive line. Even if USC struggles, I think, um, not like a terrible season or whatever, but even if you USC has some bumps or, or some hiccups along the way, you can still sell the development of the defensive line. You can sell 
like Corey Foreman getting a freshman All-American nod or having, sure. I don't know, six sacks. You can sell Drake Jackson having an All-American season. You could sell Thule Tuapalotu getting first team all Pac-12 or developing even more. Or Nick Figueroa, at that matter, too. Guys, he's, he's already helped develop. So I think you can sell that. I think he's, he's just betting on himself. And this defensive staff is betting on themselves that the defense is going to show out this year. But, yes, you still need to win games. Winning the South would be the absolute first step. Getting that back to that Pac-12 championship would go a long way to holding on to these guys. It actually seems like USC's depth issues on the defensive line kind of worked in their favor as far as what Mike Hell was thinking because he's noted like he's not going somewhere to sit on the bench. He wants to play immediately, and that's what he probably will be able to do at USC, right? Yeah, he's absolute like a day one impact kind of guy. Um, already a violent player already getting you know out of the south they're just built different so i think he's going to be able to come in on this west coast team in the pac-12 and you know do some things early as a freshman and i think it's you know going back to the decision to um you know try to get him to maybe be quiet about it and say hey we got to assign a commit and versus you know announcing it. i think it's a fine line because you know we talk about you know is it good to have that out there and then everyone trying to gun for for this type of player but I think it builds the recruiting momentum. Uh, I think that's a big thing with the number of visitors they br- brought in and also you know, the, the type of defense alignment that they're going after is saying, hey, you better get your spot now because we've already get, we're already getting these big-name guys that are committing to us. So I think that's part of it. But I, I think, like Chris says, I think that he can come in and can play right away. And I, I think the interesting thing is, but how much would it be able to play right away? Because you got Corey Foreman, you got Drake Jackson, you're, you're working on JT2 and Moloa. He's on his official visit at USC. As we're recording, he'll be finishing up, you know, not, not too long after we're recording. Um, so if you get those guys, then you say, okay, maybe he can't just come in and immediately he's going to step in because these other guys are progressing as well, talking about the Tuli Tuli Pelotus and those guys. But what you're doing is you're stockpiling. And, we, and Gerard has talked about this with Dante Williams, but you're stockpiling talent at that position. And that's why USC was so good in the, in the uh, Pete Carroll era is because they would stockpile a ridiculous amount of talent at position, and then they would let them battle it out. You know, true, go into practice, and practice mattered because that determined who was going to play. And I think that's what you're doing. If you bring in a guy like Michael Williams, he's going to be in that mix to play right away. And on the defensive line, you can rotate guys in there, and you're going to keep guys even more fresh. You're not going to have guys necessarily have to play 80 or 90 snaps uh, against a good offense. No, you can get them in there for 40. You can rotate in. You have another guy that's really good right behind them. And I think that's what you, ideally what you're trying to do as a staff and as a position coach and i think this is a huge first step for vic soto this offseason yeah imagine a junior year tuli to a below to getting a breather in the second quarter and having a five-star freshman beast of an athlete in michael williams now coming in you can't you can't take a rep off just because tuli's out now now you got to deal with this kid (laughs) yeah exactly this hungry kid and they're, you know, those those big big name freshmen. They want to make their mark, and they're even better. They have a better chance to do that when there's less reps for them to go. I think just because you know the, they can uh, an offensive lineman can learn their moves a little bit quicker. Um, but also, you know, if you're having to prepare for not only the starter but the backup, and you know they're going to be rotating a lot, then that forces the offensive lineman to do even more work beforehand. So I think there's just a lot of things that come, a lot of positives that come from adding talented players and stockpiling a position like they're doing now on the defensive line. And, you know, obviously USC had a big blow with Jay Toya leaving USC and transferring to UCLA. 
this makes up for it a little bit. Obviously, he's, uh, Michael Williams is not going to be available in the fall, but this tells you that you know that, that it's not Vic Soto. There's not you know like going to be a black hole on the defensive line like there has been on the offensive line for a few years now. The defensive line is, is stepping up now. We got to look and see if the offensive line can take that next step as well. You mentioned silent commits, and I just want to say silent commits are worthless in this day and age. Explain. You can hear like a kid's silence on his official visit, but then two weeks later when he takes a visit to uh, the other school, he gives a silence to them. I won't name players, but we've covered multiple players who have given silence, and then the very next week gave another silence, and the next week gave another silence. So the silent commits are worthless. You want that out in the public. I know you had just mentioned it, so that's why I just wanted to bring that up. You want it out there. I think it's also time to change a little bit. I think that was part of, you know, part of the strategy would be, you know, in the early aughts or even, you know, in the, the, you know, 2010 to 2015 is before the proliferation of, you know, edits and everything else that's coming out when, you know, you might tell the local reporter, you might tell the 24 seven reporter, yeah, I've committed. Um, and, and that was the public announcement rather than it being on every single social media and it being distributed to so many fans and everything else. I think before that, I think a silent commit was notable because then the other coaching staffs didn't know. And that was the big thing. So USC, you know, when they go in, they get, you know, a, a player like Leonard Williams. Now, Leonard Williams was a signing day type of situation. But that's the type of player where you might get a silent commit before on an official visit. And then he announces on signing day. You know, that's what you're kind of looking for there just to keep other teams, you know, they don't they don't put more effort forward to try to overturn that commitment. But like you said, I, I think the silent commits have gone kind of the way of the dodo bird a little bit in recruiting these days, as, as well as so many other things, especially now in the COVID, COVID era. Everyone wants to get out. And the fact that they're being able to get on these official visits, they want to be seen. They want to you know do the photo shoot. And then if they do make a commitment, they want everybody to know about it. Dodo bird reference. That's a common reference, I believe. On this podcast, not a common reference, not on this podcast is what I meant. I mean, I'm just trying to pull a Clay Helton and use some zoological oh, okay. Oh, okay. terms here. There we go. There we go. Big old Dota bird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, since we're already on the topic of the defensive line and Shotgun mentioned him, let's get into 2021's number one prospect according to 247 Sports, JT Tui Malo'au. He took his... A midweek visit, early week visit to USC Monday through Wednesday. I believe he heads to Ohio State next and then Oregon next week and Alabama is his last visit. His first visit was Washington. Um, I know on the last episode we debated the timing of his visit and what that means for USC. Uh, we did see on Monday he got his own private helicopter tour of Los Angeles, I believe, with uh, Vic Soto and Clay Helton. So they're pulling out the red carpet for the number one prospect. Shotgun was very adamant about the timing of it. Yeah, he was. Shotgun, how do you feel now? I, I was very curious about the timing. You know that I didn't know if it was a positive or a negative. If they were just going to, you know, have him be the only guy around and put the whole staff there. We did see the St. John Bosco contingent come up. Um, you know, there have been some other players that have been around, so it, it's not like they, you know, just, you know, wasn't a hundred percent everyone on top of JT the entire time. I, I think they, you know, did have some other people around, but the helicopter ride—that's the type of thing that you pull out for a number one player in the country. And you know, I, I think it's important that they are pulling out all the stops, doing as much as they can. Um, looking at JT, you know, the the photos that were posted, he looks even you know, um, 
a little bit slimmer than I remember, and I think it's just because he's more cut up now. So he looks in even better shape than the last time I saw him. So he, he looks like he, he's ready to step on campus and make an impact somewhere. And USC, it sounds like a lot of positive momentum coming off this visit. Obviously, it's not, you know, it's finishing up as we're recording. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure Brandon Huffman will have an update with him uh, within uh, probably before this recording even goes up. Uh, but, you know, you know, We'll find out exactly how well it went then, but I think you're, you're seeing the continuation. I think the the Michael Williams news coming off of that, I think that's positive news, and it just flows right into JT Tuomoloa. The USC recruitment, the recruiting that USC is doing, is going back to is harkening back to you know 15, 20 years ago right now, and and that's a really really good sign for USC going forward. Also, you probably noticed it. Or maybe just forgot about it. But also in those photos, he's rocking the 55. Yep. He's rocking the 55, which is just a little another little thing you can do to go all out for the number one uh, uh, number one ranked player in the yep. uh, 21 class. You know that heralded number. I don't. Is he a 55 though? Can you make him a 55 in the middle? It's 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 a weird. Hmm. Maybe it's just like a, a show of it, but. But still, give him 55 if he wants it, you know. This could also be just like, you know, a Dory Jackson wearing the number five on his recruiting visit. And, you know, they having them having the private jet and, uh, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy on the private jet and, you know, having the number five jersey with them, bringing it with them when they went to a couple places. No one was going to be able to wear the number five, but they were going to, you know, showcase it as much as possible. So JT Tumaloa, why do you why do you use the number 55 with him? You know, maybe he's not a linebacker. Maybe he doesn't wear that number at USC. Maybe he does. Maybe they switch it up and, and do something different. I mean, we got the number zero coming with Corey Foreman, but Polynesian, you know, and, and there's been several players that, that have worn the 55 that have been Polynesian players. So I think that, especially Junior Seau, I think that really stands out to a Polynesian player. So I think that's part of the reason why you see uh, him, him rocking the number 55 as well. Sacred number in the Polynesian community. Exactly. So let's just hypothetically say that the visit went amazing. It was great. They're definitely wowed. How much do you think that has to stick to go to Ohio State, Oregon, and Alabama and still think about USC? Like, you have to really make an impression, right? Yeah, you have to have blown his mind because you still have these three visits. But no place that you just mentioned is like USC in terms of, like, the environment or whatever. Uh, like, what does a helicopter ride look like in uh, Tuscaloosa? I don't know. <laughs> Just trash it on Alabama. What? It could be interesting. Um, it, it takes you to several other cities in the, in the state. <laughs> you can see the whole that's state. What, in the, uh, that's what the helicopter ride there does. Whereas L.A. is so massive that you're, like, going to, like, 19 different communities, flying over, pointing out where Long Beach is. You're pointing out everything. I'm like, oh, there's Snoop waving up at us. You know, it, it's it's very different than Tuscaloosa. I think the interesting thing is it sounded like USC's pitch was like, hey, it's a combo of everything you want. Like, it's the academics. We're going to develop your son, NIL. Um, and it's closest to you guys since you're from Washington. You're not going to have to travel all the way to Ohio State or Alabama to see JT play. So they do have that in their back pocket. So I'm curious how much that sticks. Yeah, that that's a big boost, especially to with him and his family. Very close, obviously. Like you mentioned, I believe the last – podcast is his his mom is from the area so they have connections here and obviously the other one is jt grew up a big usc fan yeah that was one of his dream schools growing up and you know that obviously when you're when you're on campus and you're you know used used to envision yourself 
playing at a school like USC probably envisioned himself doing that. And, you know, those emotions probably come back when you're, when you're getting this visit, you're, when you're getting this all laid out in front of you. So, you know, that only has to help and it has to stick. You have to have, uh, hit it really home where it's going to keep sticking in the back of your mind when you're at Oregon, when you're at Alabama, which obviously is the, the cream of the crop one you visit that you, you think about when you're thinking of like defensive linemen and development. So you have to have all that stick, over the next course of the next few weeks to to really pull it out. I think you're absolutely correct, Chris. I, I think that the feeling, the emotions, and that's why an official visit was so important for USC in this recruitment in particular, because JT you know, could have made his decision before taking all the official visits. USC wouldn't have been the pick. You know, we, we said that you know going into early signing period, he could have made a decision then. Ohio State was probably the leader. You know, Ohio State was probably the leader at National Signing Day in February. But he wanted to wait. He wanted to see all the campuses for himself. And he's still going to go to Ohio State, still going to go to Alabama. And those are going to be really big for him as well. He's going to see the environment there and see how he fits in. But for USC, it's more an emotional investment. You're trying to evoke the emotions of what it would be like to play here, the school you grew up watching with family members. I think Ray Malaluga is, is a family member as cousin, well. Cousin, I believe. Cousin, yeah, so you know, seeing you know a former family member or seeing a family member, a former Trojan playing, you know, you know, do you remember those emotions from a kid? And that's what they needed to do. That's what you need to do when you put the jersey on. This is what it would look like. Envision yourself. Remember what it looked like You know, when you were watching on TV or when you watched in person. You saw Ray. Now look what you would look like. That's all the stuff that you need to do on an official visit. And that's why it was so important for USC in this in particular recruitment. And like you t- talked about, his mom is from the Oxnard area, knows Kerry Colbert really well. So you know, a lot of different angles, a lot of different things that can go USC's direction. And so far, we've heard positive reviews. We'll see what the official word is when Brandon Huffman puts out a story later. Right. We've all heard positive things, but what Huff says goes. There's yeah, no one. He, there's no one more tied in than he gets Huffman. the big baby alert. Big baby alert. He, he was in there probably when when he was delivered. Any anything <laughs> Huffman could tell me anything, and I mean anything related to the JT camp coming out of the JT camp, and I would believe it. I wouldn't even blink if he texted me and he said visit didn't go so well. USC took him to a seafood restaurant. His dog, his childhood dog, grown up, was eaten by a pack of oysters. Does not look good. <laughs> big big faux pas there. I would have been like, damn, USC, you. F- up. Yeah, you, you, you gotta have the you gotta you gotta have that advanced research there. You can't you know you gotta do research know. on that. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do research on that dog. The family dog. You, you, that oyster. You pack. gotta know the rabbit pack of oysters. You had to know that. You had to know that. You should have talked to Huff. It's brutal out should've there in Washington. To, yeah, those oysters. Yeah, you should have talked to Huff. <laughs> he, so he could text me anything about it. Anything. JT wants to major in a, a clown college at USC. It's like okay. Let's get let's get a program going. Anything, and I'm like I'm not even blinking. So USC whatever he says goes. Starting, starting a new school, yeah, for clown school. Just to- only student, <laughs> only student. Wow. Well, we've been talking about JT's official visit, and that started on Monday. USC actually got a commit on Monday, uh, but that first started with an, a sneaky official visit. And Chris, you got word of this visit, correct? Yes, obviously. Unless you're living under a rock, you. People know that you're talking about former TCU running back, yes. transfer portal prospect, yes. Darwin Barlow, who is now joining the Trojans, committed on Monday. Uh, yeah, got word 
on Sunday that he actually had taken an official visit because, yes, uh, portal players can take official visits. It happens. He had taken one midweek uh, last week, very under the radar, didn't post anything about it. Uh, uh, we got word of that on Sunday, posted a little update on it, and then puts out that night that he's going to be committing on Monday. Well, very fast, 24 hours there, and then USC has their second transfer running back of the offseason to go along with Keontae Ingram. Eight transfers overall, and I pulled this little nugget. Seven of them are Texas natives, which is, like, wild. Uh, the only one not being Ishmael Sopcher, uh, the Alabama D tackle. But, yeah, an interesting pickup for USC, considering they've been uh, recruiting heavily a bunch of top name 2022 running backs uh, for this cycle. Yeah, so USC picks up Darwin Barlow from TCU, and he's a guy that's got some a little bit of experience from TCU. Like Chris said, another Texas guy. I think they're almost all from East Texas, too. Um, so USC's taking advantage of those connections that they have and, and you know going out and finding those players. Barlow's a guy that I think he ran for you know 400 something yards last year. Yeah. Didn't have a ton of carries, but you know almost six yards a carry. A couple of touchdowns in there as well. I think he's got five career touchdowns. So he's got some experience there in that TCU offense. Comes over. Now you look at it and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Does this mean that USC is not getting Javante Barnes? Not getting Relique Brown? Not getting Gavin Sawchuk? Not getting any of those you know, high-end running backs they're recruiting? And I don't think that's the case. I know they're taking in these two running backs that are, you know, that are transfers, Keontae Ingram and Barlow, but... Those two guys are filling in for the classes where they've struggled to recruit in the past, as well as the transfers they've had out in Stephen Carr and Marquis Step. So Barlow is has been in college for two years, so he's technically a redshirt sophomore going into this year. He's got what the he's got three years of eligibility remaining, I believe. So you're looking at guys that are filling in holes where the recruiting hasn't been there in the past. So this is something you would love to see with the offensive lineman as well is not just finding a grad transfer and be a graduate student, but finding guys that are a second year, a third year, a fourth year to fill in from where you've had some holes in your recruiting in the past. So I know some people were looking at it and going, wait a second, what does that mean for the, the other guys that we're recruiting? And I don't think it necessarily is going to have a huge impact on them. Now, it has an impact because you're looking at it, you go, look at the running back room, you say, okay, there's another body, another talented guy that's in front of me as far as years, you know, can I beat him out? I think those guys at the top end, the Gavin Sawchucks, the Javante Barnes, Raleigh Browns, they all think that they can beat out anyone that's in the room in front of them. So I don't think they're really worried about any transfer that's coming in that's a couple years in front of them. I want your guys' thoughts because this is kind of a sentiment that I guess has been growing on the P, but I feel like people are a little bit annoyed. I don't know if annoyed is the right word, but they're not liking the fact that there's a lot of Texas commits and transfers. Do you guys agree with that weird type of sentiment that's kind of growing on the P? I mean, I think there are a lot of Texas kids, and I think it shows that USC is valuing Texas kids more than necessarily the local kids. You know, if they see a guy that's rated – you know, is number 150 and number 151, and one of us from California, one of us from Texas. I think they're going after the Texas kid harder. And, you know, I think that's just 
they think that the Texas kids, for whatever reason, have better you know skill sets coming into college than the than the California kids right now. Does that mean they're going to abandon all California recruiting? No, but they also have those connections and they're using them to fill in different holes and different needs that they have. Whether it be at safety with a Xavion Alford, where hey, you lost Talanoa Hufanga, let's add in a guy who has a little bit of experience and add add some uh, add some experience in that room and, and inject some more competition in that spot where. Talano Hufunga has gone, or if it's at the running back position, or where you know these different positions where they're adding these players. So I think that has something to do with it. But I just think it's the the what the how they value the players from Texas uh, right now, and the fact that a lot of those coaches grew up around Texas football, and they know you know what Texas football means to the towns, to the players, to the communities, to the parents. And so I think that they're they're seeing more desire to to go out and recruit some of those kids. And I don't think it really matters where your roster is made up. You know, if you think that that's a better player, then go get a better player. But if there ends up being a coaching change, that's when you start wondering: is there a mass exodus afterwards? Because you know, if if the all the Texas coaches are gone. Are all the Texas kids going to then leave behind them and say, "I need to transfer out of here"? You know, the the new coaching staff that comes in, they don't understand me. Uh, so that's when you, I think there would be an issue. But with the the staff in place, I don't think they they all seem to you know like that type of kid and you know are, are bringing them in. And you know, it's not like they're not bringing in talented players right now. I mean, he pretty much hit on everything, <laughs> and I think there is maybe like a fear that maybe they'll start neglecting California a little bit, but I don't see that as the case. But if the staff brings in a couple of those big body offensive linemen from Texas, I think everyone's like, hey, the quieted down. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go out to Waterburger, baby. Also, I don't think I don't think California is a challenge for USC, especially if they have out of state guys finding USC attractive. It, it works in, in its favor where you make it attractive to outside guys. Of course, USC is going to have the brand power it does in California. And if you make it attracted to outside guys, it becomes that much more of a coveted spot to the local guys that grew up loving USC. That's what I'm trying so now, to say. <laughs> yeah. So now if you you know, if you, you got a couple wide receivers from out of state and you're CJ Williams, if you grew up a USC fan, you start looking at it and going like, I better get my spot now. And so that I don't miss out on that, you know, the opportunity because they're looking at all over the country, not just here. So I can't just wait around till they, you know, until you know the end of the cycle and they're them wanting uh, a local kid then and trying to fall back on you know local kids and that's what they're trying to get. No, they're going all over the place. They're looking for the most talented players, and I think that's what you're that's what you want to see. You want to see uh, if you're a USC fan, you want to see your coaching staff go out and find you know, the most talented players, whether it be local or whether it be outside the area. Um, so if they're still grabbing those top kids, if you're still getting them to Monty Jackson's, then I don't think there's, there's a big concern. You let some of the three- and four-star local kids that, you know what, some of the fans may have a connection to. I saw him play in high school, and I really liked what he did. And they may go to Boise State and have a really good career, but are they going to have a really good career at USC? That's the big question. And I know Ryan and Gerard talked about this on their premium recruiting podcast, which... Check that out. Yeah, check that out. They, they go into full detail. That's for our VIP dis- subscribers. It's for our VIP subscribers, but it's definitely worth it. So make sure you check it out. But they were saying how um, this is kind of the fruits. You're seeing the fruits of USC's offseason labor as far as revamping its recruiting staff because it's just been a revolving door 
at USC with how many official visits, uh, unofficial visits they have coming through. You have to be on your P's and Q's and have that staff united and also a coaching staff that recruits as well to really have this thing go well. And on the whole, from what we've heard from recruits uh, after their visits and parents, they seem to really like USC's staff. And there seems to be this theme of like, they're united. They seem to like each other and their presentation is nice. And USC, as we talked about, was ahead of the game on NLI, and that seems to be a sticking point as well. So it seems like uh, Mike Bone, Brandon Salzman, that crew, this the foundation they've been laying, you're actually seeing the the efforts of that pay off during this crazy June. And, and I think, and Chris could probably answer this a little bit better, he's talked to a couple more of the guys after their official visits, but you're not hearing indifference from the players. And that's when you know a visit was just meh to a player, like, ah, it was the the quote-unquote free trip out to Los Angeles that, that people say uh, on the P, you know, about these out-of-state visitors. You're not hearing that from the players. You know, it's like, oh, it was fine, I enjoyed this, I enjoyed that, I taught their coach. And you go, yeah, that player's not coming. There's no no chance that they that they made enough uh, made enough ground there for him to be considering USC at the end. Not necessarily hearing that indifference in from any of the players. It seems to they really enjoyed the visit. They really enjoy what USC is showing them and the presentations that they're putting in front of them. Chris, would you agree with that? Yeah, they're wowing kids, and I think the important difference is, or that difference in what you just said is that they're bringing on kids that they feel have a legitimate interest. They're they're weeding out kids that maybe just want the free trip to LA, like you just mentioned. They're bringing in the kids that have shown, you know, they're actually considering USC. And Gerard talked a lot about this on the on the the VIP podcast, um, and how you know they're just basically weeding out the kids that they 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 think are are have legitimate interest. They trimmed down the official visit list. It wasn't like they took everyone who wanted to come. Correct. Right. You got to show us that you're invested. We're investing a lot in you, and you're going to show us you're investing. You know your time in us, and we're going to bring you out here. We're going to show you a good time, but only if you, you know, you want, you actually want to be here, and you just don't want to see the Hollywood stars or whatever. You know, which also tells you that USC is making strides and getting back to their rightful place in the recruiting world. Is that they're not basically like begging kids, like, "Hey, can you come, please?" No, they're weeding out who they don't think is are legitimate candidates. And like you said, they're wowing kids. They're making big impressions. A guy like Jaden Gould, the cornerback from New Jersey, is, is a kid that everyone has kind of had pegged for you know to be a Penn State commit for a long time. Well, he had put out a I think a top five was the last time he put out a list, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, he's going to Penn State." He cut down his list and said it's top two and USC is right in there with it. He's going to make a decision, I think on father's day this weekend. So, you know, that's one where USC, I think they made up a lot of ground because of how well the visit went with him. Yeah. And if you think back to like a few years ago when it felt like USC would occasionally get a big time visitor, but you always felt like, Oh, that kid's not coming here. That kid just wants to come to LA. Rayshon Gary. Ooh. Rashawn Gary is the guy that pops into mind to me. Now, USC made a good impression on that visit that he took, but they, they brought him in. They didn't have a defensive line coach at the time. So, you know, when, when you said, oh, you're bringing in the number one player in the country, but you don't have a defensive line coach, that was kind of like, mm, yeah, is there really going to be a chance for USC there? Give us no, a chance. Give us a chance. 
I know we don't have one now, but give us a chance. But now it's, are you sure that you want to come? Because we're not bringing you unless there's legit interest there. And USC's kind of weeding out some of the pit, some of the people that they don't think have true interest and who they maybe don't have as high on the board. And, and you know, that it's kind of, you know, they're culling the herd there and, and being able to, to bring in some really talented players, whether it be a Will Johnson top 10 type of player, a Devin Campbell, top 10 type of player, you know, Gavin Sawchuk as a, as a running back, you know, they're just bringing in some really big name guys, but also still bringing in guys like Austin Kowecki, you know, the offensive lineman, who's a three-star, but a guy that they really like. So they're doing, you know, it's not just, Hey, let's find the top 25 players and let's bring them all in for official visits and, you know, not have a chance at them. They're bringing in the mix and, and trying to figure out who's going to kind of shake out and where this class can go. And I think getting a five-star, composite five-star like Michael Williams in the mix, I think that's only going to help build that recruiting momentum with some of these other players that they're bringing in as well. Well, before I toss it over to Mr. Chris Trevino for some take it or leave it, any final thoughts about recruiting and, and where USC is headed so far in June? Another big weekend coming up for USC, right? You know, you got Barry Alexander coming in, another five-star guy, another five-star defensive lineman. So USC is going to be pulling out the stops there. You got Gentry Williams is coming in, the athlete from from Oklahoma. So there's kids coming in from all over the country. But also Kevin Green's supposed to have his official visit as well, the the local USC wide receiver commit. So, you know, USC is continuing to, to put into work. And I think it's interesting we thought that there might be some, you know, elite camps going on during this time. This is kind of the normal time that they would have those camps. They would get kids on campus to see, you know, how things kind of shook out. And seems like USC may have, you know, just said, we don't have the time for those right now. We're spending so much effort, time and effort recruiting that we don't have time for that extra evaluation for the next group of kids that are coming in. Um, so they're putting putting all their eggs in the basket for the, this 2021-2022 class. Visits on visits on visits. It's been a crazy first two weeks of this month since the floodgates opened. It's been fun. I expect another uh, to close out the month with another, you know, lots more visits, lots more unofficial visits, lots more 2023 guys coming in, 2024 guys coming in. And then the official visits you have now. I expect a little bit more of the current class commits to take some visits, uh, get on campus uh, with those visits not happening. Um, But, yeah, I expect a a wild finish to this month and to keep going into the summer. So stick to stay tuned to us on the peristyle. Yeah. You and Gerard yeah. have been killing it. I'm curious to see, you know, which, which players end up pushing some of these visits back into the season um, or which kids want to make their commitments in, in the summer. You know, a lot of kids are making their commitments early now because there was this, this big lull of time between the last signing day and, you know, until, you know, the, the dead period ended that there weren't a ton of commitments. You know, it was just a complete dry spell compared to last year and the year before. Um, but, you know, we've seen a lot more in June happen. So I'm curious to see if some kids think maybe they want to, you know, they take their visits in the, the summer and they go, hmm, do I want to make a commitment yet? Do I wait? Do I want to play out my senior year? Do I want to see some games in person? Do I want to see those atmospheres in person? Because obviously none of these kids were able to see, you know, the big time atmospheres of full capacity stadiums last year at all either. So maybe some kids, do they push their visits back? And, you know, we'll see, you know, how that kind of shakes out as well. All righty. Well, like I said, it's time to toss it over to Mr. Chris Trevino. It's time for some take it or leave it. Guys, it's summer, obviously. It is. Uh, so, Shotgun, you know what that means, right? It's time to go to the beach, right? Hell yeah. People are going out to the beach again, 
getting their tans on. But people have been cooped up for a while. You guys know that, right? Everyone's been in quarantine. Things are starting to open up. And being cooped up, some people, you know, let themselves go a little bit. It's okay because our sponsor understands. LA Fitness understands where you've been coming from. Everyone, you know, can shed some of those quarantine pounds. So that's why we're partnering with LA Fitness to bring you the USC Summer Workout Challenge. You can do the workouts identical to what the USC players are going through right now. LA Fitness has even hired an angry red beardish Irishman to scream at you during your sets or your runs or whatever you need. LA Fitness even has an AI-generated message board you can read after your workouts that criticizes how much work you're actually doing <laughs> and if you're, you know, putting on enough weight. That's you know, That's yeah, so the technology these days. So take your butt off the couch and leave bystanders stunned by your power five level physique. Get out there and flash it this summer. Uh, LA Fitness, don't swim in our pools. Seriously, what are you thinking? <laughs> wow, thank you to so our thank you, LA Fitness. Sponsor. I've done a couple of sessions. The Irish guy's legit, he's like full on <laughs> scary beard. It's great. Nice. So we got we got coupons like passes for for you guys, so you guys can check that one out. Are you trying to tell us something, Chris? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like if you want to try it, like you have to try it. Okay. To 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 talk about it. Got it. Just got like the it. Trader Joe's thing. Sure, sure, sure. I had sure. to try the pizza sure. before I talk about it, so I had to do the workout. Okay. Fair. I just eat the pizza, and that's why I need the workout. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. It's all full circle, baby. He does Trader Joe's pizza party, and then you come to the LA Fitness, and have this guy scream at you. Perfect. See an anonymous poster say, "Those those arms are looking a little, <laughs> look a little gangly." I don't, I don't like I don't like his chances. Oh, so so let's get into these. Obviously, a lot of talk about expanded playoff, um, but that's not coming soon. But USC will make the first expanded playoff in 2024. The first year it is expanded, USC will make it. Take I, it. I'm I'm, not, yeah. No. It, I, I'm not even going to look through the depth chart and try to figure this out. I'm just taking it. I'm taking it, too. Okay. Keely sounded a little hesitant. She, she no, was, I was about, no, I was early trying you made to, the, no, no, no. I was actually trying not to cut off shotgun. I was ready to say take it. Okay. We're just, we're just being positive this time. Okay. Yeah, there okay. You go. Who knows who the quarterback will be, but who we're knows? being positive. Oh, true. Who knows? Know. Little Jackson Dart, little Miller Moss, who knows? Little Devin Brown, no one knows. Potentially signing two national defensive line prospects out of the South, keyword signing, is a bigger deal than landing Corey Foreman. You tried to start this on the P. You're you're creating some spice. I'm going to leave it. Mm, okay. I'm going to leave it because I think it was harder, given where USU was at at the time, to sign Corey than what's happening right now. Actually, it's one of those where I'm talking Shotgun's myself. a deep thought right now. Shotgun's I'm like talking myself looking at into ins- You just pulled a shotgun. You I just pulled know. a roundabout. I'm you doing roundabout. Just let her go through her, you know, work through her process there, yeah, Chris. Okay. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's fine. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave okay, it, okay. actually. She because, about it. I mean, Corey and Clemson, that whole mess. I'm going to take it. <laughs> you sound so confident. I so am. confident. Shotgun's I'm going to take it. Oh, I'm take it. okay. He's a local kid. You know, there's connection there already. Now, if you said getting potentially getting Christian Miller and Michael Williams is greater than JT and Corey, then I would leave it. JT and Corey getting getting the number one player in the country in the 24 7 sports rankings and the number one player in the 24 7 composite rankings. 
That would stand above pretty much anything. Yeah, I was not gonna throw in. I was not gonna exactly. throw in a two for two there. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. Okay, so that's a split there. Uh, USC will enter the 2021 season. So when we're sitting there in the press box, or I am, you two on the field, USC will have a top ten recruiting class. Take it. Well, where are we in the season? Seven. What? Would you say where are we in the season when you're sitting in the press season box? opener? Oh, I'd take it. I think there's momentum. Okay, they're at 17 now. I know. I know. I'm just throwing it out there just for shotguns thinking about it. So, says they're 16 right now. Oh, oh, someone moved down. Oh, yeah, I'm taking that. I think that, you know, um, the, the question will be, does USC learn from their previous recruiting classes where USC has been so strong in the past? has been closing really strong and National Signing Day and making a big jump on National Signing Day. Um, but it's a little bit different now with the early signing period and everything. Do they try to get some of those commitments a little bit earlier? I think they probably do, and I think that that's going to bump them up and they'll end up in the top ten. I feel like even if they aren't in the top ten, Vic Soto will personally go to 247's headquarters and change it because that okay. man is on a mission. Did you see the video that Gavin Morris posted after uh, Michael Williams committed? He was ready to run through a wall. I will always take coaches, I don't know if it's shit-talking or like just flexing on them. There's a difference. More, more flexing on them. Yeah, yeah he, flex- he, he, he did flex. So. For shit-talking, you need the other person to be like right there. In the face. Like, <laughs> like if Kirby Smart was right there in the video, too, that would have been shit-talking. But no, no. It was just flexing on him, which is, which is nice. I'll always take that. It's fun to see. Moving on. ASU shaking up the West, the power struggle in the West with this uh, that came out today that they're being investigated for NCAA violations. Obviously, ASU has been a thorn in USC sides in terms of recruiting pulling a lot of kids out of uh, California. There's been some sparring on social media. But USC will pick up at least two ASU players in the investigation fallout. Like committed players? Or uh, transfer no, 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 transfer via the transfer. Oh. Also, you couldn't say that, Tigerly, with a straight face. Like, you were laughing throughout that. So your respect for ASU and their look, troubles. Look, it's not that the troubles is that the power dynamic is so shaken up in the West. Um, I'm yeah, that, was the, that was the tweet. Yeah. I'm leaving that. Um, I just don't know that there's a lot of players that USC is going to want. Ooh. I don't mean this necessarily a shady way, but they're doing so well recruiting right now, and their interests are elsewhere from where they were with a lot of those recruiting battles You know, in the last couple of years. I think I'm going to leave it, too. Okay. I don't feel like USC would necessarily want to touch that situation. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. A commitment from JT Shotgun. Tui Malau. Keely's on top of this one now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Would significantly, keywords significantly, cool a Helton hot seat. Cool a Helton? Cool. 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 From whom? (laughs) This is a people. I'm going to leave it. Media or the P? Everyone. The P, it's just like an internal uh, internal flame, external, eternal flame. <laughs> just continues eternal? to e- Yes, thank you. An eternal flame. All I'm saying is I saw significantly less Helton uh, anger this month than I've seen in past months. People are There's still also, dead there, is, 
there is but that's still... also because Helton is not present. He's not visible. It's all behind the scenes. Nothing has his face on it right now. Once his face returns, when the season starts, then the the fl- the flames of passion are reignited for these people. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna leave that because the only thing that does that is winning and winning big. Um, that's what will significantly take you know cool his hot seat. I agree with Shotgun on that. And can I also just say, like USC fans, it's okay to have some happiness at times. Like you can celebrate a composite five star committing and not have to immediately mention Clay Helton. It will be okay. The world will continue to spin. That's all I'm going to say. You can't have both things. No, it won't, Keely. <laughs> there can't be a separation of emotions. Yes. At the final one, either I got something here with this one or I'm just like, I just went for this one. Uh, the departure of Carol Smith Gilbert, USC's women's and men's track coach who is now going to Georgia is the biggest SC coaching loss since Pete Carroll. I know that's putting a lot on you to think of uh, SC coaching. Okay. (laughs) Explain, Shotty. It's, uh, unfortunately it's an FBI investigation that caused the last leaving, but Jovan Vavic, he was the men's and women's water polo coach. We had something like something ridiculous, like seventeen or eighteen national championships. Insane. Like that, Just insane. That was a, a bigger, bigger loss for USC uh, because he was involved in the Rick Singer. But um, FBI for water polo, you only have to be like six teams. Uh, no, are you Ooh, kidding me? Winning a Stanford national championship, UCLA, like, they're so good. It's yeah, not it's two not, of six teams, but it's not a walk in the yes, park. Yes, because all the talent is with six teams. How many talented teams are there in track and field that are north of the Mason-Dixon line? I don't even know what the Mason-Dixon line is. <laughs> How many teams in the north are talented in track and field? Mason-Dixon Smith signed with LSU shotgun. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Oregon's like the only one. So it's also a half-country sport. Half-country is bigger than half-coast sport. There's other good programs in like the northeast. Uh, name the top ten water polo well, that's why it's the mpsf league it's because it's oh. all the yeah i actually covered water polo so shut your mouth yeah i actually covered water polo too did you yeah where Long beach state oh okay congrats. congrats i'm i'm taking what shotgun said i'm leaving whatever you said i'm taking what you're shotgun taking said. the leave yes what a confusing way to phrase that you're welcome okay that's it thank you to la fitness hopefully i'll see some of you at the next session the next session. Uh, moving into the fun ones. Uh, guys, histor- history was made earlier this week when we got our first decommitment edit. So we taking or leaving decommitment edits. Well, I DM'd this to you guys and I was like, nah, I'm not about this. So I'm definitely leaving it. I didn't even notice what it was at first. I was just completely stepped over, you know, just glanced right over the fact that there was a graphic that said decommitted on it. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. What did I just see here? What is this? This is this is no no. I'm leaving this 100. percent You know, you you go to the note notes uh, app in your phone. You type up your note. You have a couple of misspellings. You post that on Twitter. You don't go out and get a graphic for decommitting. It's just so disrespectful. It just it was so regally large decommit. It was just it was kind of funny to me in that sense. Yeah, I can only I, I believe it was done by Hayes. Fawcett, the uh, the king of edits, 
and I, I can only imagine what that DM looked like. Hey, I need a, I need to edit. Oh, you flipping commitments? No, I just want a decommitment. <laughs> a what? Did that spell check? No, no, no. I'm decommitting. Type it up. Use one of my photos. Make it flashy. Make it, make it flashy, but also like kind of sad. <laughs> Get it done. I need it. I need it in twelve minutes. All right. Need some uh, dark colors in there. Yeah, dark, yeah tones. dark colors, tones. Get the dark and ominous tones in there. Moving on. So that's both lead for you. Good, mm-hmm. good. I, I assume that was the case, but I just wanted to get that on record. Uh, Hot Topic or Spencer's? Which one are you taking? Neither. Oh. This is a double lead. No, you have to take one. No. That's I, the game. No. Yeah. Come on, Keely. Yeah, come on, Keely. A hot Topic, I guess, because oh. I've actually been in there. Oh, my, you're more you're more Abercrombie and Fitch kind of girl. My cousin was had a goth face, so she dragged me into Hot Topic. Oh, okay. yeah. oh dragged her in. <laughs> it's true. She, she's, a, she's the cousin. She's the cousin. <laughs> I was at the age where like the people in Hot Topic scared me. I was like, oh, okay. I was like seven, so yeah. Keely still is scared by the people in Hot Topic. <laughs> no. And her, she also has a special section in her closet. Of what? Called her cousin section. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's not true. <laughs> we all can't shop at American Eagle. You could if you wanted to. I don't, but it's fine. Something tells me shotgun spent a lot of time in Spencer's. I don't know what Seems it is. Seems like a weird shotgun <laughs> stop. No, I... he's got to tell us he worked there for uh, two summers. <laughs> in between, I his don't know that I've been in either factory. one of them. Maybe uh, I probably have. So but... pick one. Uh, whichever Spencer's, I'll take it. Spencer's take has, Spencer's has more shotgun energy. Okay. It does. Yeah. It definitely does. It's been a long time since I've even been in a mall. So. That's true. That's true. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. I was fascinated by it. Uh, rolling pizza from the crust in so it looks like a little like rolled up pizza stick. So you just take the crust like a, you're rolling a, I don't know, like a blanket. And you eat it like a burrito? Yeah, you hold it. It's like a tubular now. So tubular. rolling to make it portable. Pizza's not already portable. But like, if you need to run, <laughs> like let's say you're on the boardwalk and you have the pizza and you're like, oh, I got to catch up to my crew. You roll it up and then you can run. And take with a it. bite at the same time. Yeah, because if you run with That's a pizza, it's just hazard. like, it's like uh, flapping all around. All this, the toppings are falling. The cheese is going everywhere. The sauce is getting your eye. But if you roll it, it's a nice little like. Did you do this at your pizza party? No, no, no. no. Oh, too bad. The, 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 the cr- <laughs> it has to be uh, like commercial pizza because it's more flexible <laughs> okay sure what, what, whatever the it is i'm leaving it okay <laughs> don't uh, try it though don't try no, it no i meant i was gonna say don't knock it till you try it and i just kind of <laughs> don't it try it. um i am you a just realized it was a terrible idea and you said don't try <laughs> don't it don't try it uh i'm a pizza slice folder sometimes oh that's fine i think it's delicious that way so um, you're almost there i'm almost there but I don't think you would really enjoy it as much if you burritoed it, tubulated it. <laughs> tubulated it. But then you get crust in every bite. It, which is great if it's stuffed crust. Otherwise, why do I want crust in every bite? <laughs> I'm a big crust boy. I'm a crusty you're, boy. You're a peachy county boy, crust boy, yeah. all that. Moving on. Uh, the Euro Cup 2020 has a remote-controlled car ball delivery system. They put the ball in a little toy car. And they drive it out to the middle of the field to deliver the kickoff ball. Are we taking or leaving that method of ball delivery? And should college football adopt this? Oh, they should train dogs. 
I was thinking similar. Like there should be turnover travelers should be <gasps> delivering the football. The pony gallops to the I was midfield. Thinking, I was thinking more so like you know like when they have the kid run out and do the the grab the the kickoff tee or whatever. Yeah. Tea, yeah. I think you should get the remote control car, but then train a monkey to like <laughs> drive by. Or he doesn't have to drive it, but you control it and he like reaches out and grabs it. And see, <laughs> like now a, like you know Fast why. and the Furious, or like uh, like when a Black Widow picks up the shield in Age of Ultron, like she leans. A reference then, that uh, he's seen that he's seen Age of Ultron. Oh, so yeah, what do you guys think? I'm taking the monkey idea. Okay, <laughs> that really sold me there. Now you know why Clay Helton makes so so many zoological references. Yeah, the reach we're of a monkey. Talking about, we're talking about animals out here. Yeah. It's true. Well, First it was dogs, then it was a pony, and now it's a monkey. Also, can I just take this moment to ask the baseball historian on this pod? I learned this week that the Mariners used to have like a little boat drive out their pitcher during pitching changes. Is that true? If so, bring that back. That's incredible. Awesome. Same, same energy. Right? Same energy. Right? As a boat. Yeah, that could be happening. Like There's that. been many helmets. You know, the golf cart yeah, is a yeah, helmet. Yeah. There's been different ones like that. So, yeah, I could see that. I, I don't remember it specifically, but makes sense. So you're taking a remote control ball delivery system. No, I'm leaving it. This was similar to the uh, <laughs> discussion on the so much food delivery from last time. Oh, the little robots. <laughs> but this is, a, this is like, I guess is the other one is... this football related? Yes. This is sports. <laughs> mm. This is sports. I would rather have my food delivered than worry about some robot getting the ball. It's just a remote control car. It's just a remote control car. <laughs> we could just have somebody walk it out there. I don't know. The, the car's kind of flashy, baby. There's some wheelies. <laughs> Killy, you're... I'm taking it if it has some monkey. Okay. Final one. Same height parties. Oh. So you show but... up. You have these special... Uh, like shoe platforms that correspond to your height. So like shotgun being a taller person, he would have uh, smaller platform shoes. He wouldn't have any. Like we'd all try and match him. Yeah. If we wanted to match, we would have shoes that would help make up the difference to our height. We wear these shoes. So then everyone in the party would be. (laughs) I've uh, seen a picture of this. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's the same height. Everyone's the same height. That's the whole purpose. We're all wearing Dumb size. shoes, shoes, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. I'm taking it. <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. I've been tall for a lot of my life, and so it'd be fun to not like feel like you just want to level the playing field. Yes, literally. And Can you imagine if you're all trying to match like Zach Banner at a party? Oh, that yeah, fun. that that'd be fun. We it'd could be all like, be in his level. Be clown in school. like 14, 16 inch. Yeah, Evan Mobley's draft party. Yeah, you got you got people in fourteen inch <laughs> platforms. That's just dangerous. Doesn't sound like you're visionary. I'm leaving it. I'm making my next Halloween party. Oh, please same do, high, please high. do though. So take it, leave it. I love it. End it on a split, and that's it for take it or leave it, guys. Thank you. And one. Oh yeah, now that you mentioned and one. It's a question mark. Uh, at the end of it. What cereal are you wiping off the face of the earth? <laughs> just will never exist anymore. All traces of it will be. Uh, destroyed. Wheaties. Wow, I like Wheaties. They're gross. And then they like when I was a kid, I was like, "Well, I gotta be an Olympian. Gotta get the Wheaties." I guess their marketing really worked on a young impression role. Me, but then I got it. I was like, Ugh, "I'm not being an Olympian." So no, Wheaties are I'm good. Out. I like Wheaties. They're let not them so- good. Let, let it soak in the water. It's like uh, Raisin Bran. 
Like raisin bran evolves into but like. You at least get raisins. No one likes raisins. I like Ooh. raisins. Maybe the reason Children I didn't like Children like it, raisins. Well, I'm a child. But <laughs> it was probably also like a direct gluten bomb in my stomach. So that's probably why I had a. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. It's basically, yeah, they're basically all gluties. <laughs> they are. Gluties. They are. Um, I don't know the right answer to this. I, there is no right pops. answer. Except for weed. Corn Wheaties. pops never really. Oh, yes. Corn pops. Get them out of here. Uh, honey smacks never really appealed to me. Um, How do you feel about Apple Jacks? Oh, Apple Jacks are great. That was, I like Apple Jacks. Yeah. Just had some a couple weeks ago. Always, always deliver. Mm-hmm. Apple Jacks always deliver. Pretty Pebbles? Pretty good. Not a Pebble person. Cocoa, <laughs> Pebble, Fruity, whatever. Just not a Pebbles person. Didn't have that cereal growing up. You know what I don't like are regular cereals. <laughs> God, please be a breakfast food. Please be in the same room. <laughs> if you say something way out there. Now, this is when he launches into his Utah preview. Oh, well, he already I did said, the Utah preview. The Utah preview. I said regular Cheerios. Cheerios oh, not here. yeah. I didn't hear the Cheerios. You broke up there. But no. Cheerios are fine. No, I wouldn't you know wipe them I off the like face of the earth. Regular Cheerios. You know why? Because why would I want regular Cheerios when there's the honey nut kind? I don't like honey nut. The honey nut. nut is so good. But... Normal Cheerios are fine. No, they're not. So you're wiping off Cheerios? <laughs> what will no, the, what I, will I the babies you. do? Oh, Corn Pops. Oh. Corn Pops, yeah. Or Honey Smacks. <laughs> There's like a frog a on the front like of it. A, Why do I want a frog for breakfast? That's uh, like a that's like a 1980s eight cereal. Oh. He looks like the guy who used to do grammar. Oh, wait, no, no. Wait. I take this back. Take this back. Okay, okay. I know answer. I know my answer. I forgot you about this crisp. because uh, I, I can't think of the company that, that's come out with these. I think it's Post, but it's come out with a bunch of different Crave? like little Debbie type of oh, like the wheat, like the, like the uh, Twinkies, like the Twinkies, and, and so like there's been some that sound interesting, like the mini donuts. Uh, you know, there's there's been like a fudge rounds one, something like that, which is like that probably is not going to be good, but it's interesting enough that I'll probably purchase it. But there was a Sour Patch Kids oh, cereal. Yeah. Why would I ever want a Sour Patch Kids cereal? I don't understand why that was ever made. I didn't understand it when I saw it, and it wasn't even. Um, it wasn't even like this is probably going to be bad, but I need, at least need to try it once. This was just like I can't go there. Why? Why is this happening? This is the same man who like two weeks ago gifted me a Sour Patch energy drink. So be consistent on your Sour Patch wow. takes, shotgun. It's much different when you're wow. having milk. Yeah, when you're adding That's milk, like there's a Twinkies one, which I probably wouldn't want either. But Sour Patch Kids, what? That's I, fair. I love to see, you know, the shot where it's like part of a nutritious breakfast. I'd I'd like to see what the other things have to be to equate a nutritious breakfast with Sour Patch Kids. Yes, it's like pure asparagus. Yeah, it's like asparagus and uh, thirty vitamins. <laughs> And like twelve grapefruits, yeah. And then we're good. Then Part it evens it out. Breakfast. Part of an nutritious breakfast, or the Twinkie one. There's a Twinkie one too. But yes, I'll accept all those answers. Not exactly Wheaties because I'm a Wheaties fan. Uh, Whatever. And that's and one. Thanks, guys. Well done, Chris. Ooh. Well done. Well, guys. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Good to be talking to recruits again. Yeah. About something other than where would you might go. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you visit right now? And it's it's nice to see like kids are really excited to be visiting places. So it's always it's always great interviewing kids that are excited about going somewhere or having come off a visit. So and USC's doing a really good job right now with their visits. So 
hopefully get to keep covering that momentum role as we go into July and August and so on. And also that the kids are excited to talk about their visits too, because Mm -hmm. in the past there have been times where it's like, Oh my God, just answer your phone or, or call me back or don't try to tell the girl that's answering your phone that you're not there when I can hear you tell her, tell them I'm not here. Oh, that's oddly specific. Very I'm sure specific. that I'm sure that's never happened. <laughs> All righty, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Family Feud podcast. Thanks so much for listening. That's Chris. That's Shotgun. I'm Keely. We'll see y'all next time. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.